Well, hello and welcome to this week's um, A Photographic Life. Regular listeners will be aware that we quite often are happy to have sponsors for an episode. Sponsors where no money changes hands, but perhaps a few words of wisdom do. In the past, we've had people such as Charles and Raims, um, the Bauhaus, Abstract Expressionists, the Stoics. This week, we turn to a French master of uh, the Nouvelle Vague uh, film movement, Jean-Luc Godard. He who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch. Jean-Luc Godard said that. This week, I'm really focusing, I suppose, on um, the idea of mentors. I had a conversation with somebody um, during the last week, and they spoke to me about how they'd been approached by two different kinds of mentors, but I suppose both with the same kind of a promise. One was an agent and described themselves as a mentor. They said to my friend, who is a photographer, that they would really like to represent them from an agent perspective. But before doing that, they thought it would be a really good idea if my friend took up a mentorship offer with that person. The mentorship offer was going to cost more than three to four thousand dollars. And in return, this mentor was going to help my friend to create um, the perfect pitch. They was going to talk to them about their database and how they got work. Of course, there can be no guarantees that anything that this woman says to my friend uh, is going to work. At the same time, my friend was uh, contacted by another mentor, this one based in a different country to the one that my friend is in. Again, it was $2,000. And the period that that $2,000 was going to run was over a six-month period. It was a similar kind of an offer that a perfect pitch and success was going to come from this offering. The photographers that the person was representing didn't seem to be achieving very much success through this guy, who also wasn't an agent, I should add. And I'm not quite sure what his photographic background and experience and knowledge is. It raises this point that I've discussed previously about the idea of a mentor providing what in effect is nothing more than an opinion. It can be a really well-informed opinion and it can be the right opinion for you. And certainly working on a one-to-one -one basis, there is no doubt that there are some really good mentors out there, just as there are really good lecturers and teachers who really know their stuff and can really help support and encourage whoever they are working with. But also, I've got a feeling that there are an awful lot of snake oil salesmen out there. And I did advise my friend that perhaps she was in a situation here where the snake oilmen were really checking whether or not her cupboard had enough of it in it. On a similar theme to that, I came across a tweet by the... California-based photographer and educator-lecturer Todd Bigelow, who teaches at the University of California. He put this little extract up on his Twitter page because I think he was pretty shocked by an email that he received from one of his students. And I think this really does tie into what I was just talking about there with these 
highly paid for mentors. By the way, I would suggest that perhaps the only success that these uh, mentors were demonstrating were their own success in getting them uh, photographers to release the cash. Anyway, this is what um, a student said, uh, sent, said to Todd in his email. Dear Todd, I've read over your class syllabus and I will be attending your first class. I love photography and art. Are you going to be able to assist us in finding ways to approach people so they are willing to be photographed? Or are you just going to be lecturing us about techniques and then judging us on our capability to adjust to the location in which we are able to photograph? From what I have read of the syllabus, it seems that you are addressing photographers who are already have a studio or access to a studio of their own and possibly their own clientele. I enjoyed reading about our assignments and I'm excited to take your class. I am confused as to how much time you are requiring we spend on each assignment and how to fulfill your assignments. The last two photography classes I took may have created an issue for me as I do not have any new people or subject matter to photograph. I also can't afford to keep spending money on extra materials. Are there other options to use for assignment number two? I don't have any light reflecting tools. I might have to drop out of your class if I can't see it being useful for my career. I hope things become clearer tomorrow. <laughs> As I quite often say, wow. I think what we're dealing here with, with is expectation. Expectation of a mentor, expectation of a teacher. There can be no doubt that Todd's constructed a syllabus for this workshop, this course that he's running, that fulfills all of the requirements, the learning outcomes that any student taking that course is going to want to know about. But the arrogance and the expectation of the student to me is really mind-blowing. Here's a student that's run out of people to photograph. That in itself could be a whole podcast episode. Can't afford reflecting tools. Well, a sheet of card, white card, sheet of black card, sheet of card covered with some tin foil. They, they're all reflecting materials and they're not going to cost you anything. So I don't really get that. But also this constant questioning of Todd and his experience as if this student already knew better. And then, of course, the real kind of killer ending. You know what? I'll drop your course if it's no good for my career. What career can this person have? They've already run out of people to photograph. Seems very strange to me, I have to be honest. And I replied to Todd and I just said, you know, I think perhaps what we're talking about here is a societal uh, issue something that's perhaps broader than just photography, but very much based around this word of expectation. I don't think we can expect to get a quick fix, an easy answer, or everything that we want. Surely it's the responsibility of the person involved to, that's the student, by the way, or the, the person, the photographer who wants to be mentored, who wants to learn more. Surely it's a responsibility that they have to actually engage with it and get a lot of that stuff done for themselves. I said to my friend uh, who had been approached by those mentors, 
Well, I really believed in them. And I think maybe I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. It's a common issue. But anyway, kind of where we are with that is I believe that everything that this mentor was offering, they could do. The photographer themselves could do it. They just needed to believe that they could do it. And back to that student who sent Todd the email before they've even had a class or before they've even had an introductory class to what's going to come. Well, I'm not sure about that student as to where they're going. I wish Todd a lot of good luck and I wish the student a lot of good luck. But I'd also say to the student, it's time to open your mind and also to start listening. This week's photographer who's going to be sharing with us what photography means to them is a Trevor Brady. Trevor was raised in Cape Town, South Africa, where he studied advertising and design after completing military service. He lived briefly in London and started working there within the advertising agency and the advertising industry, I should say. In 1994, he emigrated to Vancouver, Canada and continued a career in advertising as an art director, then a creative director, and finally as a partner at an advertising agency. As a creative director, Trevor developed work for Adidas, Siemens, Microsoft, Salesforce and the Discovery Channel, amongst many other brands. But in 2008, he began to create photographic images, starting with architectural uh, pieces, then expanding to portraiture, fashion and advertising campaigns. Trevor's work is influenced by two different creative and personal hemispheres, his background as an art director and the gritty beauty of life growing up in South Africa. His work is now primarily fashion and portrait based. He lives in Berlin, where his wife is from, and also in Vancouver down in Gastown and his birth city of Cape Town. His photographic advertising clients include Adidas, Foot Locker, Nike, Lululemon and Reebok. And he also works for magazines, magazines such as Glamour, Harper's Bazaar, ID, Interview, Fast Company, Men's Health, Nylon and The Telegraph magazine. I first came across um, Trevor's work, um, a portrait in The Telegraph magazine, and I thought it was really interesting. So I reached out to him. Then I found out he lived in Vancouver. And so earlier this year, we met up for coffee. He was just as interesting in real life as, it, as he is, I believe, in this week's audio contribution. I started my career studying advertising and design and then working in the advertising industry for 14 years. And uh, at a certain point, I got tired of, of doing creative for larger corporate America clients. And that pushed me in the direction to, to start photographing. Initially, I started to photograph uh, as my art, as the time to get away from doing design for clients. And I would do my weekends and sometimes during short lunch breaks to, to photograph around the neighborhood I worked in. Um, soon I figured out that, uh, you know, I really enjoyed this and um, I started to pick up some commercial clients and uh, I left, then I left my uh, advertising career behind and started a photography career. And I went in the same direction. I thought it was really cool that I could take my advertising background and apply concepts and look and treatment and, and really start to make photography for the client. But shortly, 
after a couple of years of that, I felt like I was doing exactly the same thing. I was tailoring my work and my look and feel for the client's needs and uh, building imagery that wasn't really my imagery or my personality in the image, um, but rather for the client. So about two years ago, I decided that I was going to relook at what was important to me in photography and really just focused on going down that path. And uh, really the two things was fashion photography and portrait photography. Um, and also just recognizing the style, the look of the photography that was um, really my personality. And I made the conscious effort of to be a little bit more pickier on the, the, the kinds of clients and kind of jobs that I wanted to work on. Um, two things kind of happened from that. Uh, one of the negative things is um, I definitely saw a reduction in the, the more commercial photography that I was doing. Um, my look of the images that I'm now creating is has a rawness to it and probably a little bit, well, definitely influenced more by film photography. I'm shooting a lot more film these days. And I don't think the kind of work that I'm doing really fits so much into the West Coast North American market. Maybe it's more suitable for East Coast and um, European market. And that's um, one of the difficulties I face because I do spend um, half or a little bit more of half the year on the West Coast of North America based in Vancouver. Um, so I definitely see a reduction in the amount of commercial work. On the other side of things, I have attracted some some other clients, clients that are more interested in doing work for, um, and obviously editorial work uh, around that as well. Lack of commercial jobs is, is not always great because those are always the big money ones, but on a more rewarding level, um, having created some interesting bodies of work and also finding uh, new and exciting clients to work with that that do hire me based on the work that I'm producing now. And that, that's the biggest thing. It took me a long time to figure out that. And um, maybe that's not having gone to uh, a photography school and figuring out what my visual language, my voice is. Um, and that's the thing that I really wish that other photographers can focus on doing really, really quickly in their careers so they don't make mistakes like I have and end up creating work for clients and really chasing the market, uh, chasing the look of the market and always being a little bit behind instead of just doing the work that is really important to you, recognizing your style, putting your personality into the work and just keep on forging forward with that because eventually somebody is going to see that work and uh, fall in love with it. And that's what photography is for me. Thank you, Trevor, there for a really positive, I think, um, response to the question. Picking up on themes, as we do every week, themes there of visual language. I, I always sort of warms my heart a little bit when I when I hear that because it is so important that visual language but I think also just going back to the beginning of this week's podcast when we were talking about that idea of mentors and that external person kind of 
I suppose in a sense, kind of trying to direct you or redirect you. I think what Trevor's saying there is that, you know, even though he came from a position of real experience and knowing the market as being on the other side, wearing the other hat, perhaps on the dark side, being the person who commissions, understands what clients are looking for. He found himself falling into a trap before he was able to identify that visual language. Also, they're talking about the idea, I suppose, of uh, the importance of some kind of photo school education in helping you to find that um, that language. Again, open-mindedness, being willing to explore and experiment and try things and not having a preconceived idea of what something is going to be before you go into it. You know, lots of different kind of things here, I think, are kind of overlapping. Um, but I suppose where we come to is really that, you know, you've got to take responsibility for your own photographic journey, for your own photographic life, really. And um, there may be uh, kind of little kind of holes that you fall into. There, may be, there will obviously be ups and downs, you know, but that doesn't really matter, hopefully, that you can stay strong and not require having to pay somebody thousands of dollars to tell you something that you already know. But instead, uh, if you do wish to go for that idea of getting further education and further support, that you choose wisely and you enter into that, uh, that educational engagement with a really open mind. Just finally, as far as kind of um, discussion points go this week, I spoke last week about um, mental well-being and mental health. And I also mentioned that my father was one of the instigators in some way when he got ill a year ago um, from uh, with cancer and survived. And I found out this week uh, my mother has been suffering from um, Parkinson's disease for the last eight years. And we've been supporting her with that. And just in the last week, she's been taken into hospital. And so that we don't really know what the situation is with that. But obviously, it's always worrying. And it always takes me back to that idea also of the reason why, um, for me, this podcast uh, is important, is that photography isn't just taking photographs. It's much, much broader than that. It really is something which is the reflection of your life and how you choose to um, lead your life. And the work that you create is very directly influenced by those, uh, those life experiences. Anyway, this uh, week, Jean-Luc Godard uh, joined us with some sponsorship wisdom. So I'm just going to finish off with his, uh, his words. It's not where you take things from. It's where you take them to. Take care. Mm -hmm.